The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to stop wasting time and make a shift towards enhanced productivity? Welcome to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration, featuring your host, David B. Savage. In our program, we will show you how leaders and their organizations are using collaboration to innovate and move ahead of their competition. It's not just about customers or employees or the board. It's working together throughout your company and with your stakeholders. Now, here is David B. Savage. Welcome to our very first show in our 2017 Voice America radio show podcast series. Our executive producer, Camille Nash, and I are just delighted to collaborate with our listeners in England, France, Canada, Scotland, America, Ukraine, China, and many more places. I was really excited to hear that we have 1,600 listeners in London, England. 1,600 listeners, uh, according to our last analytics. Uh, Those listeners, contact me, david at davidbsavage.com. I'd love to have one or more of you on a future show. Today's theme is collaboration and leadership. For the first show in our 2017 series, we have Bob Acton, Obear Leadership, and David Mitchell of Bow Valley College. Both of them I think you'll really enjoy and will interview in, in uh, during this hour. Now, let's start with you. Do you wonder whether you are going anywhere? I'll say it again. Do you wonder whether you are going anywhere? Do you sometimes feel like you are doing the same thing over and over? Where is exploration in your life? Where is innovation? Or is leadership repeating the same thing over and over and over and over? Or might leadership also be innovation through collaboration? In my 2016 book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, I provide 10 essential steps to collaborate. Step eight to collaborate is collaborate with vision. In in collaboration, we are looking to break out of normal. We are looking to break out of normal and break through to fresh and exciting insights and possibilities. We are. Collaboration is much more than doing the same thing better. In a section called Skating Beyond, I talk about what I do in some of my workshops. I invite you to do it right now. If you got a piece of paper or pencil or your tablet handy, just draw what you believe is a skating rink. Yeah. Sketch out a skating rink. I tell you, when workshop participants are invited to do this, almost always they draw a hockey rink. Why do we do that? Because most often we skate on hockey rinks. 
Therefore, a skating rink is a hockey rink. But sometimes we skate on frozen rivers, ponds, and lakes. Sometimes we clear a long and winding path around a lake for skaters to have a larger area and a more interesting activity. Now, go back to your paper or your tablet. Draw a place that would be magical for your family to skate on. Think of that. What's possible? Unlock that. Now, hopefully you and workshop participants start drawing long winding pathways that go through forests, go up and down slightly. Curves have creative places for you to sit. Might have a canopy overhead. May have musicians playing nearby. And it looks and feels nothing like a hockey rink. This fresh concept of a wonderful place to skate is nothing like what we first drew. To collaborate with vision, let go of what you think things should be like or what they're like today. Vision invites creativity. Trust and presence encourages our minds to create possibilities beyond what is currently the norm. Vision allows us to break through our limiting perspectives. So let's think about limiting perspectives. Can we see beyond the problem? Too often, organizations get stuck. Leaders get stuck. The reason they get stuck is they do not allow themselves to dream big. They tend to focus on the little and most achievable and safest. Or they get so focused on the problem, they never get beyond that problem. Now visualize again. Collaborate with vision. Think about sports. Think about shooting to score a goal in sports. If you focus on the goalie, most often you will not score. If you focus on the net behind the goalie, that is the target. Seeing the target instead of the problem allows you to achieve and to score. Shoot for the net, not the goalie. Another way of thinking about this is high-performance driving. Some of you are high-performance drivers. Some of you drive on the Autobahn. Some of you drive on 401 in Toronto, wherever you drive. If there's a collision at high speeds and the collision happens in front of you, you must see past the problem. You must look past the collision. You see the way through. Get your car there and go to the finish line. If you only see the crash or hit the brakes, you will be part of the crash. Now, here's a technique. Dream big, then work back to now. When truly opening up to the other ideas of others in collaboration, my friend Richard Schultz told me, we have the opportunity to go beyond our own rules and beliefs and explore ideas and possibilities that we alone cannot see or even choose not to see. How do we define collaboration? Well, according to Richard of Collaborative Ways, at its root, collaboration is to co-labor with another or to work together. The simple idea of working together may be the basis of a collaboration, but it also conjures up the idea of something more, something of a higher vibration. It is this higher vi vibration of the world and the word collaborate that we may 
want to stretch towards and embrace. He's talking about collective wisdom. Be bold in your vision. Look at where you wish to be. Dream about how that feels. What is the air like? What do you see? How do you feel? When I'm coaching executives, and I often do in organizations, often I must shift them from their day-to-day tension, challenge, and frustrations. When we go back to their values and their vision of themselves and their company, oftentimes I'll take them to a place of five years in the future. They look beyond the collisions in front of them. They become more strongly motivated. Setting the strategic plan is far, far easier looking back from success than looking forward past obstacles. I'll say it again. Setting a strategic plan is far easier looking back from success than looking forward past obstacles. What's your finish line? What do you feel when you're there? Who's there with you? What are you doing? What's the setting? What's the sound? What's the motion? What's the energy? What do you want to do to start building that future? In my 10 essential steps, step nine, step nine is now lead. And leadership is the theme of this radio show. Effective collaboration requires the strong leadership wrought about by such dimensions as clarity of vision, decision-making capabilities, emotional intelligence, and engendering of trust. A strong leader demands accountability from his whole team, regardless of who is on that team. Yeah, accountability. Collaboration is not, well, let's have groupthink. It's finding the collective wisdom with accountability and purpose. What is the essential why that you and your organization are answering? If you and your organization failed, what would be lost to the outside world? Think about that. What's your why? And if you didn't fill this space, how would the world suffer? We've talked about how and why collaboration fails and succeeds in my book. But think about your collaboration. Do you want to be a bystander, a facilitator, or a leader? I want to take this metaphor A little further, let's go into skiing. Downhill skiing, cross-country skiing, backcountry skiing. I love them all. I do them. It's wintertime in Canada. With downhill skiing, the chairlift takes me to the top of the hill, and I ski down the hill. With cross-country skiing, I follow the tracks as I ski cross-country. My new passion this winter is backcountry skiing, where I head into the mountains and explore new valleys, new vistas, new ridges, create my own trail. In leadership, much of our lives are cross-country skiing with our organizations on the preset tracks. Sometimes we are carried to a peak and ski down in celebration. Sometimes we do that. How often do you, as a leader, backcountry ski in new valleys? How often do you create new trails? What percentage of your time do you dedicate to innovation and collaboration? Or are you too busy? Are you thinking about this approach to leadership? Thinking about backcountry skiing, where the fresh snow is, 
the clean air where nobody else is? If you yelled your name out loud in that mountain valley, would there be an echo or would there be a call in return? Let's be courageous. Let's get out there. Let's get out in that fresh snow. How often are you leading people on the same path? And how often are you exploring and innovating? Let's think about your future. I talked about bringing my coaching client executives to five years out. Let's even go a couple years out. Imagine yourself as a leader in 2020. You and your organizations are celebrating a huge breakthrough. Together, you have accomplished what no one had dreamed possible. What are you expecting? What are you feeling? What's the energy? What's the place? Who's with you? You're celebrating. Just get that feeling in you and get addicted to that feeling of celebrating your success from your breakthroughs that you're about to create. So here's some steps, a call to action, in fact. Three things that I would encourage you to write down now and think about. Think about where you need to be, about that feeling of 2020, what your breakthrough was. Okay, number one, and please do these and send me a note. Give me a call. Share on social media. Share, most importantly, with your team, your family, your community. What is the possible you dream of unlocking? That's right. What is the possible you dream of unlocking? What is it? We have many dreams. Let's make them so. What is the possible you dream of unlocking? Second question. Who are three people that have the expertise to help you? Who are three people that have the expertise to help you? You know who they are. If you don't know who they are, what's the expertise that you need, that you need to find out? Third question, what will you do right now to start? Right now. What will you do right now to start, to activate this dream fulfillment towards your 2020 celebration? Now, if you want to look at my 10 essential steps to collaboration, uh, YouTube videos, uh, videos on creating shared value, some of the coaching work I do, Go to my website, davidbsavage.com. Contact me. I'd be delighted to have an initial conversation with you, answer any questions that you have. You have the network. You are developing a stronger network. You will unlock. You will find three, then 30 people to help you. If you start right now. So after the break, we're going to come back and talk to Dr. Bob Acton. And then later on, we will talk to David Mitchell. 
From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. David B. Savage and his upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company. While creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network, seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. See much more at davidbsavage.com. Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, will be published worldwide in February 2016. His co-shared book, Ready, Aim, Excel, 52 Leadership Lessons, is an international business bestseller on Amazon. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com. That's davidbsavage.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Dave at savagemanage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Listeners around the world, I am so delighted to have my friend and mentor and coach, Dr. Bob Acton, as our guest today. Our very first guest in our 2017 series. Bob is a consulting psychologist and leadership coach who helps people be highly successful in their workplace. Bob leads people, teams, and projects himself, so he knows how hard it can be to get results by working with others. He helps people achieve peak performance at work by increasing their energy and focus, helping them achieve what's most important to them personally and professionally. Yeah, I'll say that again. Most important to them both personally and professionally. Bob can be found through his business uh, at www.obearleadership.com. That's O-B-A-I-R, leadership.com. And on Twitter at at obearleadership or LinkedIn under Bob Acton. Bob, welcome today. Thank you so much for uh, joining us and, and sharing some of your thoughts today with our our listeners uh, across the globe. We've got listeners in uh, 31 countries so far, and it's growing. So uh, welcome. Thanks very much for having me, Dave. So some of the things that I've uh, 
set this up with you, Bob, is just to talk about uh, collaborative leadership. And with your many years experience in working with peak performers and working with some of the the best uh, professionals in Canada and some of the best uh, coaches in the world, I want to uh, open it up with a question of how can people achieve peak performance in their life? It's a pretty broad question, but uh, let's start there, Bob. How do people achieve peak performance in their life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a big question. Um, well, I guess I think that there's many uh, facets or aspects to peak performance. Um, it includes, for example, having the right amount of physical energy or emotional energy or mental energy to be able to uh, take to that performance. But probably one thing that I think is most important is to really be clear with why you're doing what you're doing, uh, to t- attach Um, what I might call your personal meaning, what's meaningful for you in your life to the values that you hold about how you achieve that in your life and to be really clear about that uh, because that clarity helps you focus in on what's most important. Yeah, I'm I'm hearing values, purpose, clarity. Uh, So that's pretty foundational. When when we hear leaders say, um, well, I'm not really sure who I am as a leader, uh, you're helping them clarify that is to say, okay, what, what's your building uh, foundation here? What's the, what's the concrete under everything you do? Yeah, and that's a great metaphor. I use that all the time, uh, the notion of building a house and what is the foundation of our house look like for you. Yeah. And and everybody's got a different design of their house, of course. And they, some people want more rooms than others. Uh, but we all need a basement or some sort of foundation to the house in order to hold it in place when the winds blow. And um, And often in the workplace or in our lives, we have adversity come along. And uh, that's uh, the wind that's blowing. And in order for our house to be solid and stay there and uh, help us stay warm and house our family, it needs to be solid. Yeah. Yeah. If we're not clear on our values, then uh, we actually have little guidance systems, self, self-guidance self systems, uh, or uh, ability to say no to what crosses boundaries. Yeah, you know, and I think one of the things that happens to us all is that we often can get trapped into agreeing to somebody else's values. So if I have a job, let's say, and I have a boss, and that boss has a set of goals that they're trying to achieve for themselves and the business, they may have a set of values that are really quite critical to them. And it's easy for us to get trapped into the values that others hold rather than being clear about what's important for you. And I'll give you an example of what happened to me this morning. I was on a conference call and uh, the, uh, the big boss came on the conference call and never said hello to anybody, never said welcome to the conference call or set an agenda of what we were talking about and just launched into starting to talk about some of the content. And that was a good example of how that wouldn't fit for how I would like to work because I have a 
value that I want to respect people and I want to collaborate with people and doing something simple like saying hello or welcome to the conference call uh, is really an important part of that. So that's like a simple example, but one that I think holds true for all of us. Well, if we can, what are a few of your key values, Bob, just to to help people understand whether your values and their values are similar or, or what you mean by values? Yeah, so I I have a few key ones that are important for me. Uh, One of them is continuous learning. And so for me, I'm always trying to learn something new. I'm reading books, I'm taking courses, I'm doing those things. And so that's something that's important for me. Another value that's important for me is that I like to create new things. I'm really interested in new projects, innovative things. And so on the opposite side of that, to put me into a a position or a job or a task where it's repetitive, then I can get bored quite easily. Uh, So the values help me figure out what I should be doing, what's what's going to give me the energy to keep me going when the when the winds blow, and um, and also what I should not be doing. For example, you and I have connected a lot because we both have as a value the notion of collaborating with others. And so if I'm in a situation where somebody's not collaborative, that's not a place where I'm going to uh, have a lot of positive energy. That's not a place where I want to sit. Does that make sense? Yeah, and and uh, <clears throat> I would think you would agree that uh, not sitting there for you and I uh, is our value. That doesn't make it wrong for other people. Uh, mm-hmm. I used I used the example earlier in this show about uh, the difference between backcountry skiing, cross-country skiing, and downhill skiing, where I was using that as a metaphor of uh, with with downhill skiing, somebody else gets me up to the top of the mountain and I simply ski down. With cross-country ski skiing, I'm following other people's tracks. But mm-hmm. with backcountry skiing, I find my own fresh powder, my own fresh snow. I go places in the mountains uh, where nobody's there today. And to me, that's what I'm hearing from you, Bob, is you, you like to find the new tracks. You look like to discover new ways of skiing that you haven't before. Yes, absolutely. So that's true for me. And as you've said, a value doesn't necessarily have to be wrong or right. It's just what's important for me. And I think when your original question was around how do we help people with peak performance, I think people are performing at a high level or at that peak when they are doing things that are in line with what's important to them. Yeah. Now, we talked about the uh, the big guy that got on the conference call this morning and just launched into the doing part as opposed yep. to the re- relating part. Uh, sometimes uh, collaboration and performance can get really confusing. Is uh, well, the boss actually doesn't want me to be a collaborator. He just wants me to be a messenger or just you know cross country ski, ski, stay behind him in his tracks. So I'm wondering. You know, from your belief in collaboration, and I've and I've seen it for a decade now, Bob. Is it possible to be collaborative and a peak performer? Absolutely. Um, I think that, as you and I both know, collaboration uh, takes a set of skills to be able to do that well. 
And I think they go hand in hand with somebody who is a peak performer. I think often we get off track because we think that peak performers mean that they are uh, individuals and they don't they're not interested in somebody else. They're only out for themselves. But in fact, I think being a collaborative, a collaborative person really helps you be a peak performer. You have to have the right attitude to be able to simply even listen to people. Yeah, I, I know in my career, uh, I know I can't do it by myself. I don't have the expertise. I don't have the breadth of knowledge. I must collaborate to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, you asked about my values. I love working with people uh, because I think you end up with a better product uh, and I don't feel all alone out there. And so that notion of collaboration, of working with people to create a great thing, whatever that might be, uh, is uh, something that helps people uh, perform at a high level. One of the people that works with me on my team is an Olympic coach for the Canadian Olympic team. And he and I often talk about how does he help his athletes achieve a gold medal. And it's not just that particular athlete doing it by themselves. They've got a variety of people working with them, coaches, sports psychologists, nutritionists, uh, finance people, all sorts of people behind the scenes collaborating to help that person achieve that gold medal. And so, yes, we watch TV and we see the person getting that gold medal and we think about them as an individual or as part of a team, but really there is a whole variety of people working together behind the scenes to make that happen. Yeah, wonderful metaphor right there that uh, we, we seem to celebrate heroes without often enough recognizing that the, the person that prepares the equipment, the person that prepares the nutrition, the person that prepares the mindset uh, people like you that prepare their entire uh, performance culture uh, as a coach are all so important. Without, without you, um, it just can't be as successful. Yep, absolutely. Now, how is this collaboration and peak performance helpful to the business itself? Like, it's, it's not, we talk about collaboration, let's talk about peak performance, collaboration, and what it means to business. Well, a, a good way to think about this is to think about what would happen if you didn't have collaboration. So when I think about people and I think about people I've worked with or people I've seen in the workplace who are not collaborative, they tend to create conflict around them. They tend to... Um, have people not want to work with them so they leave the team or leave the group to go somewhere else um, because often people who are not collaborative create tension in others and that tension uh, actually pulls away from the opportunity to be creative or to be innovative uh, to be healthy in the workplace and so the non-collaborative person actually creates a lot of problems for an organization. Uh, that, And then on the opposite side of that, if you can create an environment with your team, with people where people are happy to be there, are energized to be there, are focused on the thing that they're trying to create for the group, you're going to get a higher production level. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm just uh, thinking about some of the pushback in some of our listeners' minds might be, uh, and I want to go back to your uh, analogy of talking about the Olympic performance. You know, for example, an, an Olympic athlete in whatever their sport is, collaboration in business, in that business, is not everybody on the team is running the marathon together or aiming the same rifle or you know, shooting the same puck. It is the team. There can be peak performers, but they're there because of the collaborative, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, as we close now, Bob, one thing that you will challenge our listeners to, I, I, I love this question because you offer so much wisdom. And uh, let's just leave them with just one thing that you would challenge our listeners to do to improve their peak performance and collaboration. Well, it may sound awful simple, Dave, but I would challenge people to listen more. Um, I think that um, if we listen to people more, we'll find out what they need, we'll find out their ideas, and we'll find out and dive down into their creativity, and out of that will come a better product. Really, all the people who are probably listening to you are trying to create something. They're either trying to create a business product or service or, or something. And by listening to the people, listening to your custom customers, listening to your clients, listening to your own people, and really, as I call it, listen hard, then by doing that, you can really gather more information. That person feels listened to more and still wants to be more part of your team. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Underneath that, I hear respect, mm-hmm, respect and inclusion, and and learning together. Yeah. So we're back to those values again, right? And so it becomes full circle. Are the behavior that we exist out in the workplace, the listening, is tied into the values that we hold about how we create a business or create whatever it is that we're focused on, and and how we want to be valued and treated. Absolutely. The old golden rule, right? Yeah. Thank you so much, Dr. Bob Acton of Obear Leadership. Uh, value your values, your wisdom, and every time we collaborate together. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for having me, Dave. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. David B. Savage and his upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company. While creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network, seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. See much more at davidbsavage.com. Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, will be published worldwide in February 2016. His co-shared book, Ready, Aim, Excel, 52 Leadership Lessons, is an international business bestseller on Amazon. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com. That's davidbsavage.com. 
The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Dave at savagemanage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Hello again. This is David B. Savage, Breakthrough to Yes with collaboration. We have an amazing guest. Well, all of my guests are amazing. On this first radio show of 2017, my friend David Mitchell. David and I met about 25 years ago. I've been following him, his successful career, and now he's in Calgary, Alberta, in a very important role. I want to introduce uh, David as the, uh, in his current role as Vice President, College Advancement and Chief External Relations Officer at Bull Valley College in Calgary, Alberta. David has a broad professional background spanning the private, public, and education sectors. Yeah, that's all three. He's a former member of the British Columbia Legislature. He's also served as Deputy Clerk of the Saskatchewan Legislative Assembly. His significant private sector business experience includes executive positions in the resource industries in Western Canada, and he's also served as a vice president at three Canadian universities. Those are Simon Fraser, the University of Alberta, or Ottawa, pardon me, can't confuse Ottawa and Alberta, Simon Fraser, the University of Ottawa and Queen's University. David Mitchell is a governor and fellow of the Royal Canadian Geographical Society, and past president of Canada's Public Policy Forum. That's right. This is that David Mitchell. He's served on many uh, boards, many volunteer boards, uh, uh, theater, parliamentary, um, uh, science, art. Uh, Go to uh, www.davidjmitchell.ca to learn more. David, welcome to our show. Pleasure to be with you, Dave. I, uh, I, I want to recollect that uh, uh, David and I met each other about three months ago for the first time in decades on a downtown street uh, near the famous five statues in downtown Calgary at the Olympic Square. And we connected 25 years ago in Vancouver. And within five minutes, uh, I just had this sense of 
wow, this man is a great energy. And we got into a great deep conversation very quickly. Uh, and so thank you for that. And thank you for your invitation to uh, be part of your uh, convening, David. Well, Dave, it's been such a delight to reconnect with you um, all these years later and to compare notes on our respective paths. And as it turns out, we've been working and pushing and striving in the same directions for a long time. Yeah. Dif- different venues, uh, similar hearts. <laughs> one, one of the things that uh, I was delighted to hear on the similar hearts and similar uh, offerings to our leadership uh, communities is David Mitchell. I don't know how you found the time, but you've recently published a book on convening. Uh, what is convening, David? Well, you know, I, I've been doing it. You've been doing it. I bet you our listeners have been doing it for our whole lives. Um, convening, a smart person asked me recently, isn't it really about bringing people together? And her insightful question actually contains the answer. That's what it is. The process of convening in its many forms brings people together in meetings of various kinds for an exchange of views, typically on a very focused subject. And it's both an art and a science. We do it in our personal lives. We do it in our professional lives. But to do it thoughtfully, um, to do it mindfully, in a true spirit of collaboration and dialogue requires a bit of effort. And I, I thought I would just write a very basic guide to convening, uh, which might be helpful for individuals and organizations to develop their own capacity to convene, Dave. Yeah, it, it seems like such a natural thing, and yet so often it's not done well. It's kind of skipped over. It's like, Bad sex. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if we don't uh, pay attention, it, become, it can become a rote exercise. Um, and we all have too many meetings in our lives. Everyone does. They're the bane of our existence. But yeah. with a little bit of preparation, a little bit of thoughtfulness, uh, I think it's possible for all of us to convene meetings, small and large, Um, with diverse people who wouldn't normally be sitting around the same table together. And we can be doing things like developing an understanding, uh, uh, developing some mutual respect, and maybe even some trust. And it takes a little bit of effort, but I argue that it's worth that effort. Yeah, it is. uh, Practice makes perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect the uh, the the attending to the art of convening is so so critical and, and it does take time and and um, uh, Dr. Bob Acton uh, uh, just before the break talked about an executive coming on to a a uh, call that he was on just launching right into the doing uh, without respecting the welcome the convening the the inclusion just launched in and what I'm hearing you say David is uh, it takes awareness and respect and inclusion. But tell, tell me uh, maybe one more element of uh, what's in your wisdom, your, your background, and in your book about convening. What's, what's an element that our leaders across the world could, might take away and, and ponder? Dave, I think it's 
uh, at one and the same time so simple that we might overlook the real basics of setting the table for a meaningful conversation, a dialogue, and actual collaboration. And convening is a very important tool in the art and practice of collaboration, which is easier said than done. So um, there are a few basic items that should be on any convener's checklist. Um, You know, what is the size of the group that I'm bringing together? And can people be participating uh, online through a webcast, via Skype, using technology? And the answer is yes. But there's nothing that really can substitute for the human moment of in-person contact in a relatively small group. Um, When I say small, the optimum size for a meeting would be, well, anywhere from 10 to 20 people, let's say. could be a little smaller, but it couldn't be much larger if you're going to provide an opportunity for everyone to be an equal participant. Um, I think creating a safe space for dialogue where people can express themselves as candidly as they are comfortable doing so, no attribution necessary, that's also an important element of very successful convening. And I'll just mention one final thing, Dave, the venue. It seems so obvious. But the venue, the physical space where the meeting is taking place, is so important that um, we we often overlook it. Um, how do we sit uh, so that everyone can be an equal? Well, the obvious best answer is a circular format where there's no head of the table in a formal sense. Uh, is there natural light in the room so that uh, um, uh, that can be conducive to uh, not not getting caught in a in an environment that gets uh, stale and rather tense after a little while and and um, you know we shape our houses and they shape us. We shape our meeting spaces, and that determines what goes on within them and what kind of a conversation takes place. So there are some very basic elements of successful convening that just need to be briefly reviewed before we launch into it. We need to set the table. Yeah, what often happens in organizations is they have a rectangular room with a rectangular table and everybody takes the same chair no matter what they're talking about or which process they're in. Um, A lot of uh, successful interior design now are designing rooms for different purposes. And and that's what I'm hearing is the more inclusive, the more natural, the more open, uh, therefore the more might I say, uh, collaborative and uh, reach to creative? So true. Um, um, and, you know, many meeting spaces, whether they be in conference centers or in educational institutions or in hotels, may not be ideal, but they, if they have any flexibility, they can probably be reconfigured in a way that provides an opportunity for a spirit of dialogue that is respectful of everyone. Um, And I'll tell you one thing. Not only is the rectangular table sometimes a problem because it's difficult to see who's sitting alongside you, three or four people down. You want to be able to see everyone eye-to-eye, face-to-eye. But also the traditional classroom style 
is not so effective. We don't know a lot about learning and education, as it turns out. But one thing we do know is that people don't learn by sitting in rows with a, a person standing at the front of the room imparting knowledge. That's not dialogue. And that's not uh, the spirit of real convening the way you and I are talking about it, Dave. Yeah. Now, our guest, David Mitchell, has been uh, president of the Canadian Forum for Public Policy. When he was at Simon Fraser University, uh, he created a a world-class convening space, uh, the Centre for Dialogue in downtown Vancouver on West Hastings Street. you told me the story of how that came together. Uh, can you describe your vision and what that is uh, towards convening and inclusion? Maybe uh, just give us some, some background on the Center for Dialogue, David. I'd be very happy to do so. You know, uh, I was privileged to be part of a small team that helped repurpose an old uh, heritage bank building into an extraordinary conference center that uh, today, um, here we are 15, um, going on 20 years later, is extremely well used for gatherings. The main meeting room, uh, which is the ground level of what used to be a, a bank, actually, uh, is now um, called Asia Pacific Hall. And Asia Pacific Hall is uh, a large room, very high ceilings, natural light, pouring in um, beautiful artwork on the walls where there isn't natural light pouring in. And the room is configured in four concentric circles. Four concentric circles. When people enter into this room, which can hold up to 150 people, one of the questions that is often asked first is, where does the chair sit? Hmm. And it's a terrific question to ask because the answer is, well, wherever the chair wishes to sit, she or he can sit uh, because the room is circular and the chairs are all swivel chairs so you can turn in any direction to face whoever is speaking. Uh, but people are all working and talking and thinking um, in, a, in a very democratic fashion uh, as equals, either in a large um, um, Uh, meeting filling the whole hall, or using just even one of the concentric circles for about a dozen people. And this spirit of dialogue was um, part of the plan right from the start. And the notion of dialogue, Dave, I should tell you, um, there isn't a, a large body of literature, but there is a little bit of literature on the subject now about how dialogue fits in with collaboration. And it's not you know, convening is not a um, an end in itself. It's a means towards something, and it's, and it's a means toward a genuine, authentic collaboration. And that was our vision from the start when we conceived of and renovated this uh, this beautiful building and turned it into the what's now called the Wasp Center for Dialogue uh, in downtown Vancouver, and. Uh, it has had an influence and impact on the groups who use the space because the outcome of the thinking, the partnerships and friendships and relationships that are forged in that environment have endured for a generation almost now. Yeah, well, 
So I would I would uh, provide a future dream for all of us, our listeners in Russia and China, in British Columbia and Utah, in Colombia. Think about creating a center for dialogue wherever you are, so that we can have those concentric circles of equality and inclusion. David, before we close, I'd like to ask you, what's one thing you would challenge our listeners to do or be or change? You know, I, I would issue the same challenge that I apply to myself regularly. And I'm sometimes embarrassed that I have to remind myself of this, but I think we all do, Dave, which is not to make assumptions um, about other people's perspectives. We all do it, but we all know less than we think we do about other people's points of view. And to be open genuinely a spirit of openness to the conversations, to the dialogue, to the relationships we're forging. Because there are stereotypes about people from different places that are often very, very inaccurate. And so that's the one wish that I would um, um, send out to you, Dave, and to all of our listeners to relax our assumptions and realize that we probably don't know as much as we think we do about each other and be open to learning. Yeah, and a, and a fresh perspective. Thank you yes. so much, David Mitchell, for your wisdom. The, the time has just flown by, and I really value your willingness to, to share some of your expertise today. Thanks, David. Thank you, Dave. It's been a pleasure. Now, today, listeners, we've, uh, we've talked about sports, we've talked about vision, leadership, convening and collaboration. We've experienced the leadership of Bob Acton and David Mitchell. And I'll say again, in collaboration, we are looking to break out of normal and break through to fresh and exciting insights and possibilities. One step one is what is possible that you wish to unlock two who are the three people that you have wished to bring into your to convene with to help create your dream and what will you do to start right now thanks everyone talk to you next week now let's work together better thanks for tuning in this week to breakthrough to yes with collaboration your host, David B. Savage, invites you to join us again for another engaging episode next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a breakthrough week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.